Good morning. This is the New York City Board of Standards and Appeals Public Review Session for May 19, 2020, 10 a.m. session. Please do not call in. The following cases will be discussed. 2019-9BZ, 468 Tarjay Street, Staten Island. 2019-39BZ, 2311 East 4th Street, Brooklyn. And 2-10BZ, 2019-193BZ, 222 Second Avenue, Manhattan. This is a New York IA Infirmary. So the first case is 2019-9BZ, 468 Tarjay Street, Staten Island. Tarjay, right? Hard. I don't know. Someone could explain. <laughs> uh, okay. Good morning, everyone. All right, as requested, um, I think the applicant did a much better deed search to uncover and reveal to the board that as a result of a New York City foreclosure action, ownership of the subject site was severed from the adjoining lots 70, 71, and 69 and resold to a different owner by the city. Um, this board has consistently viewed an intervention by government and property ownership as an act outside of the control of the private property owner and hence not a self-created hardship by, in the subdividing of the property. The applicant, um, just kind of for information, the applicant cites to a 1975 Westchester County case for the proposition that a self-created hardship doesn't bar an area variance. Since the self-created hardship finding though in New York City is a finding in the zoning resolution rather than at common law, um, those cases don't apply as kind of to alert that council that that's an inappropriate um, reference. Furthermore, one needn't rely on case law to support the proposition that purchasing a lot with hardship is um, not self-creating the hardship. Section 72-21D itself states that very proposition in so many words. If you buy a property that is encumbered, it does, it's not considered the creation of um, a hardship. Um, a new DOB objection was obtained to clean up the last one, which was defective. Um, I think uh, council, I wanted council to check that it's satisfactory. Um, it cites to uh, GCL 35 um, with an asterisk. Um, so I, I did actually have council review this. Um, and, you know, for some reason, ECL 35 reference vaguely on there. I don't know whether DOB is going to have a problem because this is not a GCL 35 case. The applicant provided a very helpful um, ZD1 diagram that shows that adjacent lots 69, 70, and 71 were all developed under the same application, three little houses, um, or not such, well, it's three houses. Um, all of three of them at a height of 31 foot one inches to the roof peak. And um, as a result, they've now reduced at our request because we said the house was too tall, the subject site. Um, they've now reduced the height of the building to 31 foot nine inches. Um, I'm not really understanding what, what's gained by the extra eight inches between the 31 and the 31 one and the 31 nine but I'm okay with it. It's not a big deal. I don't really see that it changes the proportions. Um, however, uh, what I'm saying now may affect that height. The applicant does not request a floor area increase, 
but does rely on the 20% enlargement that is allowed in lower density growth management areas in R3 districts um, permitted by 23-142B, where the extra floor area occurs under, quote, a sloping roof with a rise to run of at least seven inches to two inches. So first part of it is, sorry? No, I'm sorry, that was the bonus thing, right? Yes, that's the, that's the kind of, I always read that as the attic bonus, like that you can put floor area, you can sort of not get floor area in the attic up to 20%. But um, I'm not sure that the way that, um, that they're imp implementing it is, um, they're taking advantage of that 20% on the second floor. So it's not under a sloping roof, it's under an attic ceiling. Right, I don't think that that's how that bonus applies. So either the applicant checks with DOB or we state in our resolution that the BSA takes no position on whether that rule is applicable in this case as the attic is not occupiable and the floor area is described as not occupiable and the floor area is located under the ceiling of the second floor, not the roof. Um, um, the side, and then to go on, the side building walls um, on the design um, are entirely blank and labeled as being made of two hour masonry. Um, I understand there's a fire rating requirement on the, prop, on the, on the property line. You, you have to have a certain fire rating on the property line. Um, but the aesthetics of this is that the walls are very stark for the neighbors and the building is much taller than the little retail shop on one side. And then it kind of hangs over the, the rear yard of the adjoining residential property. So I would like to see, um, and, and I think of that as very aggressive. So I would like to see those facades softened with some kind of treatment and even lot line windows, which are permitted by building code up to a certain dimension is a percentage that you calculate when you're allowed lot line windows to a certain dimension. Um, and in the case of the little house next door, those will never be blocked up because that's in the rear yard. And arguably the same will happen for the little retail building because they also have a yard requirement of some kind, arguably. Um, so you could, and so you could do clear story or translucent glazing that would maintain the privacy. And it's just to break up this really aggressive facade. Um, they need to provide the dimensions from floor to roof structure in the attic, which must be less than five feet or does count as floor area. It's the underside of the roof structure, therefore the roof rafters. Um, the measurement is not to the cross beams. We've had this conversation before, um, but to the underside of the rafters. Um, based on the dimensions provided, it looks like the height to the underside of the rafters actually exceeds eight feet. It might even be nine feet. Um, so they need to provide a longitudinal section, BV. They have an AA that's lateral, so we can understand that better. Um, and they know, need to show on the attic plan where the ceiling heights measured from the floor oh. to the underside of the rafters exceed five feet, in which case, they may need to lower the height of the roof 
in, in order not to count as additional floor area because this is not a request for a, a floor area increase. And I don't know that they could make the case for it anyway. So those are my comments, Commissioner Shonda. Oh, you're muted yourself. Okay. okay. Uh, um, so Madam Chair, I agree with you. They have uh, been, uh, the, the document, last set of documents that's been provided, the applicant has uh, satisfactorily addressed the ownership status issue. Um, and uh, moving on to, in terms of the variance uh, and the ask, as I'd stated at my earlier uh, hearings, uh, I feel that the ask is extremely minimal for a size of this complex. And we have always said that uh, size, sites such as these are the ones for which 70 to 21 was created. And I think the ask that the applicant is requesting is very reasonable and will result in a housing typology that is very typical of this neighborhood. Um, and uh, it's a very compact house. They've tried to accommodate all the various typical, you know, uh, elements that one looks for a single family home in a low density neighborhood. And uh, I really don't have any comments. And I agree with you with regards to the the um, sidewalls, uh, that it can be softened up with lot line windows, because I, I did a quick, just a back of the envelope kind of uh, analysis of what could be built on that uh, retail lot, just to kind of see where the uh, rear yard or the side yard would fall. And any way you lay it out, there would be uh, some amount of open space along that side lot line. So I, I think it would benefit them to have a little bit of the of a window there that will kind of liven up the kitchen and the living room, which is so far removed from a lot of the other open space. So um, that that would work. And mm -hmm. um, so I mean, I agree with you. It can be old fashioned glass block if anyone uses that anymore, wherever, right? Yeah. Yeah, or maybe they're not doing it for safety reason, uh, because if that one story building is there, you know, possible to vandalism, but, but they could, there are ways of softening it up. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, and I think it would, it could benefit their design. Right, great. Thank you. Anything else? No, thank you. Okay. Commissioner Otley Brown, you're also muting yourself. I think this is a modest project and I have no additional comments. Okay, thanks. Commissioner Shetta. Thank you, Chair. I um, I appreciate your comment regarding the um, solid facade. I, I had the same concern about it. Uh, I, I believe like one additional idea, I'm not sure if it's doable here, but they could provide some dummy windows. Like it's just a decoration. If you don't, if they don't wanna go with like real windows, that are open to the adjacent lot, they could do some kind of decoration. Mm -hmm. um, they call them dummy window where I, I, I used to see them. Uh, uh, in addition to that, I saw the elevations and the sections, the identification for them. They are still calling them right and left. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure if this is the same project that I, I, I picked this before. But right and left are not like well defined if they can call them like by north and east, like northern elevation, eastern elevation, um, and instead of right and left, or even I'm, I'm okay with the rear and front, that, that's fine because the rear and front are like kind of defined term. 
but right and left, it's relative to where you stand and how you look. Mm -hmm. uh, other than that, regarding, I still have the same concern from the previous hearing regarding the uh, Porsche on the second floor. And I would be okay with it if we add a condition that enclosing the Porsche on the second floor uh, in more than two sides using any kind of inclusion would void the, the variance. I'm, I'm okay with it the way it is. Okay, so just so you know, um, if the port, the porch is already enclosed on two sides, right? It has, right, this and this. Yes. So if it were enclosed on the other two sides, it, or even one side, it's floor area. By that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. If it's right. enclosed in more than two sides, okay, it voids the variance. This okay. way, we're going to guarantee that before the guy hits the piece of the steel, he knows that it's very hot. He's going to be hurt. He's mm -hmm. not going to do it. Okay, I think that's fair. Okay. Um, anything else? No, nope, thank you. I see Commissioner Shonda's hand up, but I just want to recognize Commissioner Shibeta, so he speaks first. Thank you, Chair. Um, I, uh, I agree with your statements. I, I do believe this is a reasonable ask. I do think that they'd be happy to add a, a window on that, on that side. Well, I think that would benefit the project and I have nothing further to add. Okay, and then Commissioner Shanda, you're, you've muted yourself. Sorry. Um, so just to add to what Commissioner um, Sheta said, I, I think when we mean enclosure, we mean um, like they could have like those uh, me wire mesh kind of, uh, you know. Like a screen. You're talking screens are okay. Screen, right, screens are okay. It's just more of a solid wall that comes towards floor area. So I just want to make right. sure everybody's clear on that. Right. Since now we're going to have to worry about vector carrying mosquitoes, they're probably going to screen in there. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> okay, great. Anybody else last comments? No? Okay. Next item 2019-39BZ-2311 East 4th Street, Brooklyn. This is a review session, no public testimony. Okay, um, a submission was made without a cover letter. We should never have unexplained submissions and um, I'm surprised that this applicant submitted anything without a cover letter. Um, to reduce the lot coverage to 48%, um, um, let's see, the, the lot coverage was reduced to 48% as, as requested. And the way that was accomplished was the rear yard was increased from 20 to 22 foot five inches. That brought the floor area down only slightly. I was hoping it would be more, but I'm okay with it. The attic plan and the floor area diagrams were coordinated as requested. Um, so I'm good with this. Um, Commissioner Shonda, unmute yourself. Uh, I have no additional comments. And Commissioner Otley Brown. I am fine with this as well. And Sheta. I share the same comment regarding the submission letter, but I believe the submission was kind of like simple and clear. So probably that's why with the circumstances going on, I'm, I'm fine with it. Right. Well, it's not so hard to write a letter, but yeah. <laughs> um, okay, thanks. 
uh, you're you're muted yourself, Commissioner Shabetha. I'm I'm okay with this application. I have nothing further for me. All right. Okay. Next item is two ten BZ two eight. Uh, sorry, two ten BZ and twenty nineteen one ninety three BZ two eighteen two 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 Second Avenue and three ten East Fourteenth Street, Manhattan. So um, unfortunately, we still have open DOT, which we were hoping would be completed by now. But um, there was a very confusing statement, um, confusing letter statement um, submitted on May 13th um, concerning the wayfinding versus proposed plan signage numbering and letter system not being coordinated. Um, and sort of, it seems like the implication that would we be okay with this incredibly confusing letter that says sign C is really sign E, but only on Tuesday when it's um, otherwise might be sign C1 or something like that. So um, I have to say we can't have that be the record. Um, one set of drawings has to have its designation system change to match and coordinate with the other. And to the extent that the other documents that are in the application refer to the wrong designation, those have to be changed too. I, I'm not sure because I didn't go through the EAS and the statement of facts and so on, but it seems it would be easier to change the, draw, the designations on the architectural drawings because I think the EAS refers to the wayfinding drawings, but I, I'm not sure, I don't know. And um, so uh, our council writes resolutions based on the materials that are in uh, all these, you know, based on these materials. And when we find conflicting information, that's considered a problem that should have been picked up during the review process. And um, we, we have to be clear about which signs are being treated in which way. Um, uh, and then I, I just have to make this comment now um, I see that there is actually a 14th Street newsstand that DOT requested be shown on the site plan. DOT is still reviewing this application for the impact on the, on the streets, right? Um, and it turns out that this newsstand is directly opposite the ramp that I hated to begin with. And now I hate the ramp even more than I did before. Um, the, uh, the current distance from wall to newsstand is 16 feet. And the drawings that we have show the ramp as eight feet wide. So that doesn't live, leave much uh, clearance at all on the sidewalk for people. Um, obviously DOT had a problem with that and directed the applicant to reduce the ramp width to six feet. Um, and I don't frankly know whether when you're done with the railings and the structure for the ramp and so on, six feet gives you enough clearance for a wheelchair or whatever, you know, if does a wheelchair have to have a person who officially to enter a hospital walks alongside the wheelchair or it's only behind the wheelchair, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but anyway, uh, we our drawings do not show a six foot wide ramp. They show a 7.91 wide ramp, so the drawings need to be amended to reflect that if DOT turns out to be okay with that dimension. But I'm just kind of voicing my continued um, displeasure with the idea that the whole neighborhood has to um, suffer from this ramp now. Um, the questions from the last hearing 
about the continued validity of the certificate of need were answered. I thought that was well done. I didn't find um, there's something referred to in the cover letter, the March 13th, 2020 Department of Health contingent approval letter. It was described as being in the seeker submission um, in um, Appendix A. I didn't find this letter and I would like to know what the contingent approvals are because perhaps there's something we include in our resolution. Um, I also didn't find the draft restrictive declaration language where the hospital would commit to the Department of Health to BSA and other agency conditions of approval. I, I just looked everywhere in the folders and I didn't find it. Um, we do, so, as I say, have open DOT. Um, the last submission sent by the applicant to DOT was on May, May 8th. Um, and uh, that's, that's my comments. Um, also, oh yes, and just as a reminder, Notes need to be added to the plans regarding all of the environmental commitments once the reviews are final. So the plans should be updated now with anything that's not DOT related um, and, and then get ready. You don't have to submit them, but they should, they should do that work um, and then just add whatever the DOT um, conditions turn out to be. Okay, so Commissioner Otley Brandt, I mean, Commissioner Shonda. Um, I have no additional comments. I look towards DOT to make their final determination. And Commissioner Otley Brown, unmute yourself. I have no additional comments. And Commissioner Sheta. Nothing further from me. Thank you. And Commissioner Shiveta. I have nothing more to add. Although, uh, did we come to a, a decision on whether or not we're going to include language in the resolution with regard to the illuminated lights, uh, illuminated signs um, uh, disturbing the neighbors at that level? Um, so there is supposed to be a restrictive declaration that, um, oh, I see what you're saying. In other words, if the, if the 10 p.m. dimmer so it says, would utilize a dimmer after 10 p.m. If dimming is not adequate, then they would be shut off if neighbors complain. Is that what you're saying? That is what I'm saying. So, so, that, so that's a kind of reminder to the applicant that that's what the restrictive deck should say. Yeah. Okay, that will be in the restrictive deck and in our conditions. Um, okay, great, thank you. Uh, Okay, done. All righty, so uh, now we will, this is, concludes the public review session. We will commence with the public hearing for May 19, 2020, 10 a.m. session. The first case is 2019-9BZ, 468 Tarjay Street, Staten Island. Applicants may call in now. Steve Simich and Ramazadi, I guess. He's on yet. Let's see if we're on there, but that's wrong. Okay. 
there's Ron. Ron's on? Okay, I just texted him. Oh, he's okay. joining now. Okay. Hello, commissioners, can you hear me? Yes, yeah. Sorry for that, I was on the phone with the architect trying to get some info. Uh, typically, we have a day to get that info. I got it in three minutes. <laughs> Nothing like like the power of needing or necessity, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy. Um, and he, the architect will be calling in. Okay, state your name, please. Sure, Ron Rosati. Okay. Do you want me to wait or you want me to sway you in, sway him in? I'm swearing him in now so we can. Okay. So do you affirm to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth in your testimony before this board and respond to the board member questions? I do. Okay. Proceed, Ron. Okay. Uh, good morning, commissioners. I heard your comments uh, a few minutes ago um, regarding the DOB objection. Apologies. There was that typo mentioning GCL 35. Um, we'll just get that removed from the objection. Um, regarding some of the other items. The and I just say, when you remove that from the objection, of course, that's going to be done with a resubmission to DOB, yes. correct? Correct. Yes. Um, uh, regarding some of the other things uh, before the architect gets, gets on the line, uh, we'll be glad to add some windows to those blank facades on both sides uh, of the building. No problem with that. Uh, the elevations we can change from right, left to north, north, south, or northeast, which, whichever they are, no problem with that. Uh, we have no problem putting a condition uh, regarding the porch uh, will not be enclosed. Um, uh, one second, the architect is uh, texting me. Let's see if he can. She's. Yeah, Ronnie, I'm on the line. How you doing? Oh, here right. he is. There here. he is. Perfect. The architect just joined. Hey, um, please, um, Mr. Architect. <laughs> I'm sorry. My name is Frank Moderator. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Let me sway you in. Do you affirm to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth in your testimony before this board and to respond honestly to board member questions? I do. Okay. Great. Thank you, Frank. Um, Frank could address the 20% bonus uh, with the pitch roof question. I could also address the height of the attic um, uh, comment. Frank, please. Sure. So, so uh, to discuss the 20% rule, um, there's obviously the zoning resolution does allow an increase in the floor area as long as the increase in floor area is provided under a sloped roof, which pitches on a 12 to 7 uh, uh, roof pitch. The technically, the it only needs to be 20% of the roofed area only needs to be under that sloping roof. However, we have, I think, 100% of our, all of our roofs uh, have a pitch of 12 on seven, and it does not have to only occur at the uppermost floor. Anywhere that there's a roof over any portion of the building is eligible for this particular 20% increase as stated by the zoning resolution. That, that's been your experience at DOB? They approve it like that? 100%, uh, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we'll continue to ha we'll have that note in the resolution because we're not going to get into it with DOB. Um, sure. But we've seen different approaches with different houses and different districts, and as you know, it depends on who's reviewing things sometimes. Um, sometimes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fortunately, 
We wish it was all the same, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> when you get that figured out, let me know because I'd be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right. So then, so then, as far as the second item, and I just want to make sure I understand it correctly. Uh, Ron mentioned that there may have been a question that the um, the height within the attic uh, is greater than five feet because the five foot uh, dimension should be measured to the underside of the roof rafters. I believe our drawings show a dimension uh, of, of five feet or just under five feet to the collar ties. In this particular instance, uh, when we look at the definition of floor area as stated by uh, section 12-10 of the zoning resolution, um, it, it states that any use, any, and I'm not quoting verbatim, but it basically says that uh, any any areas that have headroom greater than five feet count as floor area. I agree. However, the collar ties are a structural element of the building. Therefore, they, uh, they're a necessity, they're a requirement. Therefore, as long as the collar ties are less than five feet, then any area below that does not count uh, as floor area. This too is, is, I mean, this is something that we've done for, I, I don't even want to say years, for the longest time. That's how it's always dimensioned. That's how it's always interpreted. Now, Staten Island goes, and I would say Staten Island because most of my work is in Staten Island, sometimes goes a step further. They've been very specific about this, and they've said, and I believe this goes to the other boroughs as well, they've even said that regardless of what the headroom is in the attic, if you do not have a fixed stair to the attic, it doesn't count as floor area. So if, you're, if the only way you get to the attic is via a pull-down stair, then it, right off the bat, it doesn't count as floor area. However, we always try to adhere as closely to the resolution, zoning resolution as possible. So we still should make sure that our collar ties fall less than five feet. Therefore, there's no question that anything up in the attic does not count as floor area. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, so again, I... I don't know. So I was studying a little bit about collar ties um, and uh, how frequently they are needed. And by the way, we have a structural and we have a structural engineer um, <laughs> amongst us. So, but I was mm -hmm. looking who I unmuted. Um, I was looking at in frame construction how often and at what height they're required. Um, so that's where I was thinking that there's potentially a like a manipulation of this where you show the collar ties, let's say lower or more frequent than how it will ultimately be built. Like what if you use tie rods or something instead, right? And they're not, mm -hmm. and that was a way of, because we've had this question before us before and, um, and have said that the collar ties can't be where you measure from. Um, if you wanna take the risk, um, then we would have a disclaimer on our resolution that we don't take a position as to that and it's not additional floor area. I'm going to recognize Commissioner Sheta who has his hand up and knows more about the structure. Sure. I, I don't have a, the section I have actually doesn't show the other direction. The section that's provided is, is in a certain way that doesn't show the, um, the span and how the structural elements are tied to each other. But if the architect can provide us with a section perpendicular to the one that's provided, uh, usually, usually when when you have a frame, you, you could you could structurally support, you could align the structural elements or 
play out the structural system of that frame in multiple ways. One of them is the tight frame. But if you don't like the tight frame, if you have restrictions towards constructing a tight frame, you could go with a stiffer girder. So I'm, I'm not sure um, what is the structural necessity or need for, for a system like that if it has restrictions from the zoning perspective. So if, if, if let's say the, the zoning mandates that you go another way, the, 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 the tie that's shown is not the only way to support your frame. You could make your, your rafters more stiff, you could double them, you could do too many things to, to like accommodate the zoning requirements and in the meantime, the structural and again, I'm not gonna dive deep into this unless uh -huh. I get a, a, a cross section in the other direction. Mm -hmm. So, can I can I respond? Yes. Sure. Okay. So, uh, so I appreciate the comments, and I would I would generally agree with uh, with his comment. I mean, there is not only regarding the colletize or, or the roof framing. I mean, there's there's a number of different ways that many different components of the building, you know, can be assembled from the footing at the very bottom all the way to the to the to the ridge beam at the top, right? There's a number of different assemblies, a number of different methods that can be employed. In this particular application, it's a it's a what I would consider a simple wood frame building. The collatai, the, the implementation and the use of the collatai is the most common um method employed in in the wood frame construction i i but again i don't disagree we can you know double frame we can use rods we can but this is the method in which we chose and we would or i would be willing to accept uh, i i think you mentioned that you could put some sort of a disclaimer in there uh we would be willing to accept the approval with a disclaimer that says the colletais must be installed at the, at the height dictated in the drawings um, if if that makes it appropriate, but but again, I'm just saying there's a number of different you know assemblies that can happen in any different component of the building. We do choose to use the colletize because it is perhaps the simplest method, but it also satisfies uh, you know a, a, a particular section of the zoning as well. Just like many other assembly methods have a you know satisf satisfaction satisfaction for a, a number of different items, whether it's zoning or code. So that, that's all I wanted to add. So I, I don't want to dictate the structure of the building. What I wanted mm -hmm. to say is we're not granting a floor area increase. And so our resolution and will state that uh, we don't take a position on whether the uh, attic counts as floor area and that no floor mm -hmm. area increase is being um, granted. And leave it at that. What okay, is, great. What is Thank I, I just, I, for my curiosity, what is the difference between the structural system for the uh, roof of the uh, third floor and the top roof? I mean, the, the framing system for the second floor and third floor. What is, what is the difference uh, structural oh. system wise? Well, it's a flat. Okay. Yes, I, under, I understand. But flat and slopey is, is, is not sloping is not is not a structural thing. It, yes, that one of them is flat. The other one is, is sloped. But isn't isn't the like the lower one 
is like a simple girder one. It's a horizontal girder one. The other one is, is kind of has some slope. And even with the slope, you could benefit some, somehow from the arch action. So it, it might be actually more efficient. In addition to that, the loads on the roof, I'm not sure if they are same as the loads on the real floor. They, they could be slightly lower because of the elimination of the life load or much, much lower life load actually. I respectfully, I'm not sure if you're actually asking me to comment on that, but yes, or, or if it was sort of a more of a generalization. Um, I, I'm not, and, and, and again, with all the respect, I'm not, I'm not sure that the, I'm not sure that the structural analysis and the structural assembly is, is under review here. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure why we're diving no, so no, no, deeply no. No. into structural I, loads and, that. and calculations. I didn't, I didn't say that. I'm asking very general question. Let's uh -huh. say if we have a bridge or, or any, any simple girder that spans 20 feet and okay. somebody is supporting this girder using two columns, horizontal girder, it's very simple and straightforward. And we have a similar structure, but instead of horizontal 20 feet, it has like a, a, a slope, 5% or so. You have more or less the same loads. I believe the one with the slope is much more efficient, not much more, is more efficient structural wise than the horizontal yeah. one because of the arch action. So why I are we needing the five? Ah. Even I know the answer to that question. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. You could answer it. So there's there's lots of I mean, I actually did something like there's a the tendency of the roof to do this. It's based on various forces or also to sag down, you know, to uh, I'm forgetting old language, but anyway, to sag down. So the tie rods or the cross bracing is needed to prevent that from happening. But you can put them at different heights. Yes. But, um, I understood it's a top third is where you're supposed to put the cross bracing. And um, mm -hmm. And you can use tie rods, which are, but you don't need them necessarily at the same frequency. But frankly, I, I, I use the have, same language. If to get this, you have to have a joint here. Here, you do have a joint. If you have to have this. But the raft. But if you if you just make this crown here rigid enough, you put a short tie at the very yes. top. Yes. And you make this triangle very rigid. It's not going to do this and you're not right. going to have this, right? But so I don't, I, I think this is interesting, but let's move on to the rest of the application because um, I'm okay with just telling DOB that uh, we're not taking a position on this. If, if this is the way they operate and interpret the zoning resolution, no one's asked us to interpret the zoning resolution with respect to this, okay? I, I'm okay with it. Okay, yeah, okay. thank you. Okay, and you know, and the fact that on this one we have a drop ladder as opposed to an elegant staircase, um, it's less likely that it's going to be actually used um, for more than storage. We've had ones where there's an elegant staircase that goes to a so-called unoccupiable attic with 12 foot ceilings, and that just wasn't believable, so we made them change it, right? So, okay. I yeah, it's a, it's a good idea to add that condition as well that the ties should be installed at that elevation and stays all the time. Oh, okay. I don't want to tell him how to do his structure. 
that's a thing. On the job site, the contractor says not doing it like that. You're not going to fight with the contractor. Or maybe you are. Depends. Maybe the contractor. <laughs> right? Maybe you are, Mr. Martorella. <laughs> It depends if I was if it, it depends if I was hired to do the special and progress inspections because uh, to be honest if I'm not hired to do the special and progress inspections I might not ever see the construction of the building as it uh, as it goes along I, I although I generally try to stay involved in the building but you know every job is different right and then the owner's not qualified to make sure that the the cross bracing is at the same height and so on okay enough. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, anything else you wanted to add, Mr. Rosati or Margarella? Um, thank you, Frank. I appreciate you jumping on the call. Thank you, Commissioners. I just wanted to go through these few items. We'll get we'll get the updated DOB objection removing GCL thirty five. We're okay with uh, items in the resolution regarding the twenty percent uh, attic allowance. Uh, we're okay with uh, adding something in the resolution regarding. Uh, the um, the um, the attic and the height and the beams, etc. Um, also regarding the porch that it won't be enclosed. We will add windows to the blank facades, and we will change the elevation from right left to uh, either north, south, east, west, whatever it may be. Um, I think those are uh, the items we discussed today, um, and we're fine with, with doing all those. Uh, I'd ask if the hearing could be closed today, if possible. And we could get those um, no, items too. No, it, it can't be. We need to see. We need to get the drawings and review the drawings, and then we'll we'll close it the next time. We, Ma it, Madam Chair, I think the only change to the drawings are adding windows. Is that correct? Yes, but we're reviewing the project, right? One, I just wanted to, wanted to be clear. Okay. No, um, the change to the drawings is. Uh, no, you're changing the, you're giving us another section. We need a, we need a lateral or a longitudinal section, whatever, the, there's an AA, not because of, because the house is a square, I don't know which, whether it's lateral or longitudinal, but um, <laughs> um, so we need a BB section. We mm -hmm. need elevations change to in, include windows. Um, we need dimension can, from floor to roof. Can I, I'm sorry, can I interrupt? I just want to make sure that I'm, because I, I wasn't on for the entire time. The uh, windows that, that are requested on the on the wall. Which which wall is it that oh, we're asking for the oh, windows? So to be what added? we're saying, well, the the problem was that the two walls, that one that faces the little retail and one that faces the side yard residential, are really too mm -hmm. stark. And we would like windows on those sides. And I appreciate that they need to be um, it needs to be a fire rated facade, but that there are some oh, okay opening that's allowed under it even if you use like glass block or if they still even use glass block anyway. um <laughs> yep. yep yep they sell like a fire you're right they, they sell like a two-hour fire rated uh, window so okay 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 it's just because mm -hmm. it's a very austere kind of aggressive masonry what is the masonry by the way you should describe what you mean by masonry on the drawings I could add that note. Yeah, it'd be like uh, it'd be a concrete block. Oh, so so it's concrete block. So that's really austere. So so this the issue is unless it's a beautiful one, right? So we can make it beautiful. <laughs> make it beautiful because it's a residential neighborhood. Though for your client, that's the back of the house. For the architect, mm -hmm. 
architecture is 3D, right? It's a sculpture. You need to be looking at all sides of it because the neighbors will be looking at all sides of it. So if this is a contemporary building where you're using um, concrete block in a way that's really a contemporary design, that's one thing. But if you're using concrete block because you don't care how it looks, that's really bad. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think we can convince the client to add the windows, of course. And I think we can also convince the client that uh, not to allow the concrete block to be uh, so revealed and exposed. We could probably have them apply a, uh, a stucco uh, finish uh, in a specific color that matches, you know, the facade so that it's not so rough and uh, right. imposing. Yeah. Okay, so you need to show that on the drawings because that'll be a condition also of approval, we, we can have it looking like the back of, you know, a temporary uh, commercial structure as a residential neighborhood, right? Okay, not a problem. Great, thank you. I see Commissioner Shetta's hand is up. Go ahead. Yeah, two, two things, the section that's gonna be perpendicular to the unprovided, uh, we need this provided in the middle of the building, uh, showing the higher part with the, with the ties and the other thing, is the renaming of the elevations from right and left to north and south or something like that. I'm, I'm okay with, like I said, with rear and front, but for the right and left, I believe it's some, somehow confusing. So it's a yes. north and, and, and south or east and west would be more appropriate. Okay. No problem. Okay. Yep. So um, anything else? Any other questions? Um, so... Uh, what else? I'm just checking dimensions. I think those are the only comments, but please, um, uh, Mr. Rizadi, go through the review session comments um, and make sure you hit everything. So I'm just going to invite members of the public. There's someone in the waiting room whose name is Jimmy, um, who's in the waiting room. I don't know if this person is here for this application. Um, so this is, Tony, can you read the address? 2019-9BZ, 468 Tar J Street, Staten Island. So for members of the public who would like to speak on this, um, the meeting, uh, the phone number is 646-558-8656. And the meeting ID number is 981-5717-5565. So I, I'm, while we're waiting, I'm gonna admit, um, someone named Jimmy, and we'll find out if he's calling for this. Oops. So the person who um, just joined us, whose phone says Jimmy, if you can hear us, please state your name. And are you speaking about the Targi project? Hello? Person named Jimmy's iPhone. It looks like audio is still connecting. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't see that on my, thank you, Kirk. Or maybe no audio. Here we go. No, I don't see. And I don't see anyone else in the waiting room. Is the person named Jimmy able to hear us? 
I see he's in, but I don't see him show up on our list. Oh, there he is. Okay. There you go. Yes, I, I apologize. I'm calling about a different project, not this one. Oh, so please hang up. Please yes. hang up and call in when we're ready for your project. Okay. All right, then. So we had plenty of time for um, neighbors to call in. So we will now, um, we can move on to the next one. Thank you very much. Um, Madam Chair, the submission date and the hearing date? Uh, so, oh, you can just tell me, I'm not gonna give you a date, but you can tell me how much time you need to respond to these questions. To uh, these Frank, what do you think? Two weeks is good? Yes. Two weeks. Two, two yes. weeks, so you're not gonna get a hearing that quickly, but anyway, it's, uh, I'll note that you need two weeks. Okay. Okay, thank you. We'll let know what the hearing date is, okay? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. The next item is 2019-39BZ-2311 East Fort Street, Brooklyn. You must call in for that case only. The applicant is Lira Ullman. Okay. You there? You're here. You and Lur. State your name when you can hear us. And turn off your YouTube. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Audio problem. State your name, please. Lyra Altman from the law office of Lyra Altman. Okay. Let me sway you in. Do you affirm to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth in your testimony before this board to respond on the city board member questions? Of course. Okay. Proceed, Lyra. Good morning, Lyra Altman. I did send in a cover letter. I apologize if it didn't get through or perhaps not uploaded to SharePoint. I can resend it if you would like, but you are correct. It did summarize exactly what you said today. Okay, great. Can you um, just send the cover letter in so at least we have it in the record? Um, I'll, I'll resend the cover letter, not a problem. Great. Okay, great. Um, so I don't think uh, there are any other issues. Does anybody um, have any other comments about this? No, okay, so I would like to invite members of the public to call in on this one. So this is calendar number 2019-39 BZ, 2311 East Fort Street, Brooklyn. And you call, call in. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, okay. Madam Chair. Um hold on a second. Uh the Jimmy you saw before was part of this application. Oh, he is? Okay, but he's not on, he's not waiting. Six well, he, he is the client. Oh, he's the client. Okay, I'll let, I'll admit him in a second. Um, so to call in for to speak on this, if you're a member of the public, 646-558-8656, meeting ID number 981-5717-5565. And um, What is Jimmy's last name so we can be more dignified about this? <laughs> Gindi. Say again? Jimmy Gindi, G-U-I-N-D-I. 
Okay, great. So we're admitting him. Seven five five six five. Turn off, turn off your please. Mr. Gindi, would you like to speak? Um, good morning. Hello. Good morning. Please. State your name, please. Jimmy Gindi, G-U-I-N-D-I. Great. Is there some, would you like to speak? Um, I really don't have much to say. Just, There's nothing uh, you need to say other than please approve me and thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, do what it says. <laughs> Okay. All right, then. So I would have seeing nothing else and, um, uh, and the drawings are fine. And you're just going to submit the cover letter um, just so we can close the, the pile of stuff in the record kind of. It's pleasure. Um, I'll resend the cover letter today. Okay. Uh, so I would like to make a motion to close on this one. Chair Perlmutter? Aye. Vice Chair Chanda? Aye. Commissioner Otley Brown? Aye. Commissioner Shetta? Aye. Commissioner Shabetta? Aye. Okay. So um, we will put this on for decision shortly, and there's nothing to submit other than the cover letter. Okay. Great. Thank, Thank you very for, much for joining. Thank you. Mr. Gindy, good luck with your house. Thank you very much. Okay. The next item is 2 10 BZ. 2019-193-BZ-218-222, 2nd Avenue, also 310 East 14th Street, Manhattan. It's a New York IR infirmary. Mm -hmm. So this is um, to go with Hillary Azat. Okay, again, could you state the, or, or text her, someone, text Hillary or give her a call? I'm texting her. Great, got it? Okay. Lyra, if you're still hearing us, you should hang still shown as a participant. As, as I know you've had happen before, my computer is circling and won't allow me to do anything right now. Oh, okay. If you can kick me out, I'd appreciate it. I'm afraid if I kick you out, we won't be able to, that's, a, that's Kurt's department, if he can kick you out and without preventing you from ever coming back again. Um, I don't do that. Just like your Mac sometimes circles during hearings, that's what's occurring to me right now. I'm stuck. I hear you. <laughs> Jimmy, you can hang up if you'd like. I will call you once I get off of this. He's off. Okay. Yeah, I'm frozen. Uh -huh. There we go. Well, that's okay. Oh, you moved her to the waiting room. I see. 
Well, it's an interim solution. The remove button wasn't working. Oh, I'll try to text someone else. <laughs> Susan Golden? Yeah, I'll try her. So I did learn something that I naming the people as in because it shows their names on the YouTube video and it'll say Jimmy. <laughs> so, uh, or it even um, the commissioners who have named themselves very casually, it says just their first name. So I've named everybody by their full names. Well, it helps too because I don't have a signage. <laughs> I'm signing their, I'm writing down their names on my notes. But you know, usually we'd have a sign-in sheet. So, don't you have um, view of the participants? No, no, I have it. Yes. So then you see the names. Yes, but I'm recording it on my notes because yeah, okay, I'm recording it because usually you record them in case it's sued or you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, we should know who's both. I texted them. I haven't heard back. And I sent you the numbers, Tony, because I'm on my Zoom on my here, phone. Here Hillary's here. Oh, okay, great. Oh, I was just, okay. I was just sending it to Susan. Okay. <laughs> I'll keep those for the record. I just lost her. Where is she? She was here. All right, let me call. Probably getting in. Should I call her? No, she she was here and now she's not. I think she might have had trouble getting in. She said she's calling in because I guess she's having trouble. Okay. Oh, for the video. Usually she videos. She zooms in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there she is again. There she is. Okay. Hi, good morning, everyone. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Great. Hi, I see you. Good. State your name, please. Hi, good morning, everyone. Hillary Adstrop from Venable for the applicant. Okay, I need to sway you in, Hillary. Yes. All right, okay, do you affirm to raise your right hand? Do you affirm to tell the truth, nothing but the truth in your testimony before this board and to respond honestly to board member questions? I do. Okay, proceed, please. Um, I listened to the review session comments this morning and first to address the issue of the signage. Um, we can amend the plans to match the statement of findings and the wayfinding study, but I did just want to briefly discuss what would be clearest for the board. The reason that there's a discrepancy between the wayfinding exhibit that was an exhibit to the statement of findings and the proposed plans is because at a prior hearing, the board had asked us to show um, smaller signs under 12 square feet as part of the calculation for each individual frontage. So in order to be clear about what signs were part of each frontage um, and what signs were actually requiring relief from the board, 
Um, that's why we had it different. The proposed plans are by frontage. The wayfinding exhibit just deals with the signs that were part of the official wayfinding program. Um, and so on the proposed plans, for example, for frontage A, the numbered signs include signs that are actually under 12 square feet and were just provided based on the board's prior comments. Um, so I, I don't know if it would be uh, clearest for resolution purposes if we simply amend the plans or perhaps we provide a chart within the statement of findings that explains which sign in the wayfinding study is correctly referenced in the plans. I'll note that all of the proposed plans um, do have the correct notes that deal with each sign and that was outlined in the cover letter, um, but we wanna make sure it's, it's clear for everybody. Right, but um, we do understand that it's uh, they're by frontage, mm -hmm. but I'm wondering if, um, and you know, the architects need to take a look at this and they can figure out a system. But for instance, if sign, um, I don't know, let me just see. Um, if sign A and B, which is what we're used to talking about with those big signs up on the top, if sign A and B is, is that's from the wayfinding chart, right? That's correct. Yes. So you could have the main signs that are the subject of the waivers with their letter designation, and then the signs that are the per frontage, arguably that are the, the, or you could have a separate chart that does that per frontage. Maybe that's the way you do it. You have the signs that match the wayfinding and then a separate chart on the drawing that gives them another kind of assignation where you pile them together. So it doesn't only have to be B signs on the frontage. It can be a B and an E sign on the same frontage. And maybe the little signs that are not part of the waiver issue, they're B one through four or something, right? But at Understood. least- still using the same letters because the idea of you know what I look at it I look at what we do 10 years hence so let's just say this the hospital had to come back for some kind of an amendment mm -hmm. and then another board has to figure out not to mention the, another um, set of counsel have to mm -hmm. figure out what in the world went on and they're tearing their hair let me see a was really e was b was really f like that it's too crazy, so. Understood. So we'll amend the plans based on that suggestion um, and do it that way. Okay. Um, as to the ramp, uh, the ramp actually is the exact same configuration that we had provided to the board previously. The only difference here is that we added the note that the newsstand would not be relocated on the plans. That was actually already included in the ramp exhibit um, that the board reviewed two hearings ago. So this was just uh, to conform the exhibit that was previously submitted to the plans, but we can make sure that we are clear about that um, in the submission and provide the same level of detail on the plans that we had provided in the ramp study exhibit as well. Um, and this has been reviewed by the DOT revocable consent group. Okay, but so when I was looking at the ramps, you know, I, I was alerted to it because I saw the DOT comment that says include the newsstand on the drawing, right? Yes. What newsstand? And then I went back and I looked at the ramp drawings and the ramp dimension that I found, but it's true, I didn't go through every single ramp drawing because I don't know which one ultimately right. 
neglected one, it said that the ramp is only eight, almost eight feet wide. And I saw in the corrections on the EAS that AKRF did that it had been eight feet wide and then they reduced it in width to six feet. So I don't know whether DOT has accepted that, but the um, but our drawings don't show six feet as far as I know. They, there's no dimension, so that needs to be dimensioned. On yes, that. we will update that so it conforms with the um, ramp study exhibit, which does have all of that correctly. So I, I think that it seems that with both the signage and the ramp, we need to make sure that the plans conform to the same level of detail as the two exhibits that we submitted on those topics. Great. Great. Um, we will submit a draft restrictive declaration. Um, that's something that we had uh, written about in our response to DOT in the response memo. Um, a formal draft declaration has not been submitted, so we just included some of the commitments there. But as part of our next submission, we actually have a draft that we have been working on. We will add the signage to that draft and we'll submit it to the board. Um, if the board has any templates that they would prefer that we use, we're happy to look at those and conform our language as well. Okay, I mean, I think you could actually just give a call to council. And if I thought you've done on other applications, you've done a restrictive declaration. I, I have um, for different topics than this one though, um, substantially well, we different so. Well, we don't have like a template for a hospital. <laughs> general restrictive declarations that basically say, yeah. you know, we're seeking a waiver from the BSA to do the following things uh, in consideration of these things, therefore we, right? Sure. Pretty much yes. the same for everyone. So Understood. But um, if you need something, please do reach out to our council. But otherwise, um, I think you probably have the right idea. Certainly. Um, and then for the certificate of need um, that you can find in the EAS documents, we will just submit that as a separate document for ease of reference. Okay, it's the contingency aspect of the CON. Yes, yes, that's correct. The contingent CON approval letter, um, we will submit that as a standalone document. Okay. And I believe that was everything. Um, and we are able to submit all of the BSA materials by this Friday and AKRF has committed to submitting the DOT response. We just received uh, DOT's comments last night, but we can oh. get the um, response in by Wednesday. Um, okay. Next Wednesday, I apologize, next Wednesday. The response to DOT's comments by next Wednesday. Correct, their comments from last evening, we will respond by next Wednesday. Okay, so I if you get the BSA response by Friday, um, we'll make uh, accommodations. We understand the deadlines here. And appreciated. Uh, uh, Tracy Banky will give you a call about the assigned date. Okay. Okay. Great. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Is there uh, anything, any comments from the commissioners? Um, okay, so then I would like to invite the public to call in on this application. So, Tony, please read the application number again. 2-10BZ and 2019-193BZ, 218-222 2nd Avenue and 310 East 14th Street, Manhattan. Okay, and if you would like to call in, um, please dial 646-558-8656. That's the number on the screen on the YouTube video. And the meeting ID number that you dial in is 981-5717. 
5565 pound sign. So I'm going to give it the full 30 seconds. I've been actually timing how, how long the delay is. It's 26 seconds. Um, so I'm going to give it 26 seconds just to allow the members of the public to dial in. So, okay, so um, just to go back over the submission by this Friday, right? Yeah. Okay. And then um, you're, you're working on the response to DOT's comments that you received yesterday? Yes, yes. And, okay, and that will be submitted by Wednesday to give DOT hopefully time to review it, ideally by the next, by the next hearing. Yes. And hopefully sign off on it. Okay, and that's what 37 seconds feels like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then um, thank you very much for calling in. Thank you. Um, thank you. Okay, so this concludes the pu public hearing for May 19th, 2020, 10 a.m. session. We will resume at 2 p.m. with the with for a review session followed by a public hearing for the following new cases. 2019-263 BZ, 2122 Richmond Avenue, Staten Island. 2019-266 BZ, 1498 Clove Road, Staten Island. And 2020-27, 403 Concord Avenue, the Bronx. Great. Thank you all. See you at two. Bye. Bye.